Welcome to Beyond Dollars and Cents. This is the Risk and Reward Podcast, and I am Holland Henderson, financial advisor with Allen & Company. We have a very special guest today, Mr. Augie Schmidt. How's it going, brother? It's good, man. Thanks for uh, coming by. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, happy to have you here. Uh, so who are you and what do you do? Yeah, so who am I? So Augie Schmidt from uh, beautiful Lakeland, Florida here, <laughs> and uh, married to a beautiful bride named Brittany and have three kids. And um, AJ, he's eight, and then I have a daughter that's six, and Maverick is eight months. So the house is... You're very, in it, man. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. And uh, very busy, but um, so much joy, so much fun, uh, so much work. What does life look like right well. now? It's uh, it's it's a busy it's a busy season. And I, I've been saying that for a while. As I talk to people that are older than me, I learn that like this truly is like kind of the hardest season, like busiest season of your yeah. life. Because I've been saying it's a busy season for you know years and years now. And you know people that are older than me and have more wisdom than me, they've just kind of said like, hey, when you're in that you know 25 to 40, you know 30, 35 year old range. Uh, you're you have young kids and you're, you're growing businesses, you're doing other things and you're and you're really, you know, um, pushing and, and going hard. It's just it's a lot, you know, kids sports and school and, and, and all of it. So, oh, yeah, um, to, it's, it's, it's always hard to, to, you know, kind of appreciate the journey. My favorite comment is, hey, you're going to miss this time when it's gone. Yeah. But man, when you're in the mix of it, I, I fully believe that. But it is. Man, it is painful sometimes. Yeah, yeah. No, my wife has a coffee cup that she like sits on the rack sometimes, and I'll I'll, I'll grab it. Like uh, you know, you select which mug based off what mood you're in. Right. And it's been more of this one <laughs> lately. A mood rig. Yeah, yeah. So so there's one cup that says uh, the days are long, but the years are short. Yeah. And I'm like, man, that's so true. You know, it's especially seeing it with my eight month old. Mm-hmm. It's, he's a baby boy, and I'm looking at my eight year old. Dude, I remember this. Like yeah. it was just a couple years ago, maybe. It's like holding water in your hands, man. It just yeah. kind of flows out the sides, and it, it, you know, it's amazing on how much time thinking back to college and all these other times in my life. Like, man, I really wasted a lot of time just kind of hanging around, thinking I was really busy. This is this feels exponential. Yeah, yeah, no, but like I said, all in all, it's there's so much joy, so much fun. Hundred percent. So. Um, that's, that's what the family looks like. And and for what I do professionally, I'm in commercial real estate and doing quite a few different things in commercial real estate. And it's, it's evolved over the years. So, uh, got into commercial real estate as a research analyst, uh, with a local firm, SVN Saunders, Ralston and Dantzler. And that was an incredible opportunity for me coming straight out of college. Um, I mean, it's three heavy hitters in the commercial real estate firm, well known to Lakeland, been around here for a long time. And I got that opportunity straight out of college which we could talk about that some. I mean, it was an opportunity that um, somebody coming out of college and almost finishing their master's degree, from a compensation standpoint, trying to raise a small family, it's one of those opportunities where you're like, this doesn't look very good on paper. You know? right. But ultimately, and, and really part of my testimony is like, man, I really you know, came in, I saw the opportunity of the entire industry and said, man, commercial real estate, like this seems big. This seems like it could be really cool because I've always been interested in real estate, but just never really eyes open to the commercial side. So came in as a research analyst and put a few years in there. And um, I got licensed right away to sell because I knew that my gifts and abilities are more aligned with the selling side of the business. Mm -hmm. And so ventured into that about two years is what I spent in research. And, um, and really, I mean, taking that back seat and eating a slice of humble pie and, and, you know, taking that job for a couple of years is really what allowed me to have so much success in year three, four, five, and so on. Yeah. You just be able to set the room, right? Yeah. And I, and, and I was in, like I said, I was in research and then I ran, I was the director of research before I, you know, went fully to selling. So, 
really every single property in central Florida. I mean, we probably did, we call them BPOs, like broker's price opinions, kind of like an appraisal uh, for a piece of property, but that's what we did. And so every day I would come into work and I would get uh, a piece of property and say, hey, what, and then we put together a 20, 25 page packet of this property mm. and, you know, top down look, comparable sales, hey, you know, square footage, rooms, floor plans, roof structure, you know, all these different things. And, you know, I probably did, four or 500 of those over the, you know, two years of my career in research. So looking at, and for every, every one you do, you do, you know, four five, six other sales or lease com- comparables. And so that way, when it was my time to step up to the plate and go out there and sell, you know, I could, I could tell you just about like every building owner on South Florida Avenue or in the central Florida market and, you know, kind of when they bought it, what's the story, um, who had it before them, you know, it was a really, really dense knowledge so, you know, then when it was my time to step up to the plate and, and swing the bat, like, um, I was kind of a, a heavier hitter going in. You know, yeah, I, you had all the you had a good foundation. good foundation. Yeah, no, for sure. So you go from an analyst mm-hmm. to managing the analyst to then sales. Mm-hmm. So what happened in the sales side for you? Yeah, so from from leaving the research side of it, and in all honesty, I got to give big, you know, big props to the guys at the firm, Jonathan Barreras, David Hungerford, Dean Saunders. Those guys, they were with me every single day. And, you know, I had the security of that income from research. And uh, it, was a, it was a smaller income, but it was putting food on the table, uh, but it was consistent. And going full-time into sales, you go, you know, 100% commission. So this is like kind of me walking off into the deep end, and I was just like, I was scared, you know, and, and I was, there's a lot of uncertainty. But those guys just really, you know, kind of, made me walk the plank and they said like, Hey, we know you're going to do well. We know you're going to crush it. And, you know, so, so when that happened, like I said, they kind of made me walk the plank. And then that next year, uh, it was just, it was, it was kind of my breakout all-star rookie year. And, um, like I said, was able to really serve my clients well at a, at a very high level, even though I was newer to the business and I've always had a good work ethic and good ambition about me. And, and, and I'd like to think of, you know, pretty good entrepreneurial type brain. So, that's the beauty of commercial real estate. And really, you know, when you're an independent contractor, it's when you show up to work, it's like, hey, what do you want to work on? Mm-hmm. How do you want to work on it? Like, what ways do you want to do business development? How do you want to brand yourself? How do you, you know, so there's there's so many variables that we can control. And then we have the, um, the freedom to go out and push on those variables to bring in business. And that's just really cool. It's a lot of fun. It's a very entrepreneurial game. Um, so, you know, really using my, my, my skills from research and then also, you know, uh, business background from Southeastern and getting a, getting a master's degree there, um, was really all of that came together in the first few years of sales. And I was able to, you know, kind of find my way and, and end up doing pretty well. And sales with commercial real estate, I would imagine is a lot different than most types of sales because one, you're selling someone else's piece of property, mm-hmm. uh, typically and, um, property is for the most part, one of a kind. Yeah. Right. So that that has some some difference in play in it. Correct. Yeah, no, for sure. And every single day is different. And that's what's pretty cool about the job is every property is different. Every owner is different. Every buyer is different. Every transaction. And like I said, the variables that you put into the business of how you how you you know generate um, generate revenue and, and do deals, um, they're all different. And, you know, variable inputs and, and outputs. But, um, you know, that's the thing about commercial real estate is, um, man, it's 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 a lot of fun and all these properties are incredibly unique. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with it. You know, the, um, you know, getting started and learning all of that and, and really adapting to say, Hey, these are my systems. These are my processes, uh, that, 
let us succeed and then just continuing to go and grow from there. So, so what was the jumping off point for you to say, okay, I'm done, you know, I'm out of sales. I really want to focus on training. I want to create a training program. Yeah. So fast forward a few years, I, I had many kind of breakout knockout years in, uh, in commercial real estate brokerage sales and, you know, did well there. And really I was setting goals for the, for the next year. And I had some goals and metrics that I had set for myself in the commercial real estate brokerage business. And once I hit all those goals, I, I was game planning for the next year. And then I just like really asked myself like, what's next? You know, so I, I hit all the income goals and metrics that I wanted to hit. And, you know, after that, like I said, I just had that question of, of what's next. And, um, I'm a believer, so I was just praying through what you know, what what it looked like next year. You know, what God wanted me to do in the following years, or in the, in the coming up years, and you know, really, what was put on my heart was I knew I wanted to impact people in commercial real estate because I knew what it was like from going from, uh, you know, not making much money at all, mm-hmm. kind of struggling getting into the business, and you know, kind of starting from nothing and not really having much. Uh, you know, knowledge, opportunity. I wasn't able to create much income. I was, you know, just fresh out of college and like really struggling to, hey, figure these things out and find a way in business. So I knew what that was like. And then I kind of knew what it was like to like, so to speak, you know, be on the mountaintop, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hit all the goals that I wanted to hit. And I said, man, like looking back, look what commercial real estate has done for my life. Look what it's done for my family and my kids and how we've been able to set up our kids and the organizations we've been able to give to. And, you know, it, it's really just, it, it's a massive blessing, uh, what commercial real estate's done in my life. And, and what I said to myself was, okay, here's, here's the goals that I hit over the previous year. Okay. Can I just increase those goals and go and make more money in commercial real estate brokerage? I said, yeah, I can, I can probably do that. You know, I think I can do that. But what if I can help somebody else get into commercial real estate? What if I can help somebody else make six figures or multiple six figures for the first time ever? Mm-hmm. That, you know, just if I helped one person, that would change their situation and their life and their kids' lives and, and you know, the people around them uh, potentially forever. So that was really what I set out to do and how the dream of CRE Academy was born a few years ago. Uh, that's that's really how it was born. And, um, and yeah, like I said, uh, a few years back and then ever since then been running and gunning. Awesome. Well, let's go ahead and take our first break and we'll be right back. All right, and we're back with the Risk and Reward podcast with our guest, Augie Schmidt, with CRE Academy. Um, so sales sales training has been so dynamic. I remember early on in my career, um, you know, this is 20 years ago, um, I had a manager that would continue to put things in front of me. I was in insurance sales, and he would, they, they just bought all the different, all the top names, right? And they were always putting stuff in. But I feel like over time, it's become a lot more dynamic and relationally based. Mm-hmm. You know, what what do you think are the the base tenets of sales training that are still very universal? Yeah, no, that's a that's a good question. And I mean, first and foremost, I always think, and you know, given what I what I told you about my foundation in the business is is the education. You know, because I mean, specifically for commercial real estate, and I'm sure for insurance as well, mm-hmm. uh, and many other you know products and services, is like you really have to know, you know, what you are selling and what you're more importantly than that, and like what you're providing to the market. Because I'm a true believer in uh, value to the marketplace. You know, I, I've heard somebody smarter than me say one time, like, you will you will often what is it? You will never be paid more than your worth. Mm-hmm. You'll often be paid less than your worth um, if it's if it's up to somebody else. 
And so the value that you bring to the marketplace normally in our economy directly correlates to your compensation. So that's what we focus on first and foremost is like how much value can you create in the marketplace? Because many people that come to us, hey, they want to, you know, increase their gross commissions. They want to go do more deals. And, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a very uh, hard truth and slice of humble pie that's like, you know, hey, if you want to go make half a million dollars a year and it's like, okay, do you have the education and the skills? Like, do you have the, the are, are you valuable enough to the marketplace? Like, can you create enough value in the marketplace to make half a million dollars a year? million dollars a year and then you just continue to you know raise that number for whatever your goals are you know even in our own personal income goals you know it's like hey i want to be making this per year and it's like man am i am i bringing that much value to the marketplace how many how many people are coming to use cre services that are already in the business versus brand new to the business yeah so a lot of our members have been and this is something we figured out along the way have been from the residential sector Okay. Because, and that was something we really didn't nail down at first was like, we thought, Hey, people that are already in commercial real estate and want to, uh, you know, do better in commercial real estate. But then, you know, as we, as we continued to uh, you know, generate leads and, and, you know, fulfill that and make sales and, and bring people on. Uh, one of the things we noticed is like, man, the residential sector is, is hurting in a lot of ways. And this was, you know, 12, 18 months ago when we decided this. So I think that conversation's, you know, uh, gone even deeper now. But 12, 18 months ago when we really noticed this was the residential real estate agent, a lot of them, I mean, it's, you know, they they don't like working the evenings, you know, because when somebody's trying to buy a house, normally they, they shouldn't be trying to buy them during work hours. So <laughs> you're working when, you know, other people aren't. So it's really evenings and weekends. So we had people coming to us and you know, younger guys that have families and like, man, my, my boy's, you know, two years old. And right now I'm showing houses every weekend. And like, mm-hmm. I know that he's going to be do T-ball or something here in the next couple of years. And like, I can't do this. So we noticed like, Hey, some, some common pain points with residential realtors were, you know, working weekends. Uh, oftentimes they were doing a ton of deals, you know, because, uh, commissions used to be, I would say higher than they are today. You know, there's, with tech platforms and with other things coming out, home buying programs and things like that, I think the value of residential realtors from the market's perception has has really decreased over time, just mm-hmm. because it's gotten easier with technology. So you know the um, the I would say the devaluing of residential realtors has that's what the market's perceived over the past few years, um, and then just some other things. I mean, it's very emotional uh, driven based business and. Some people, a lot of our members like, hey, I want to do business. I want to do deals and I want to, you know, put things together. Not so much, you know, emotional ties of, you know, this is the, my family's had this home for 30 years and four family members own it. And it's a big emotional, you know, knockdown drag out situation um, versus like, hey, these are business decisions. So um, obviously I'm biased of why I would choose commercial real estate over residential real estate. But we found a very large pool of residential real estate agents, you know, all across the United States that said, hey, we've got some pain points. We've got some problems. We want to make more money. We don't want to work weekends anymore. um, And we want to you know, have a different flow to our business. So uh, that's been a, the, a very good lead source. And we've been able to help out a lot of those people. Yeah, that was one of my, que- I think you answered one of my questions of, <clears throat> you know, we always talk about sales and it's always what you can earn more. Mm-hmm. Like, how can you earn more? How can you increase your income? Which I think is vital. And I think that's important. I'm not, I'm not knocking that. But do you think there's another aspect of sales training that is to gather other benefits other than being just money motivated? And from from what you're saying is a little bit of autonomy and scheduling. Yeah. Yeah, no. And and people 
you know, I, I say all people are different, but we see common like, hey, there's two or three things of why someone wouldn't want to get into commercial real estate or increase their sales or anything like that. And, you know, there's a variety of reasons. People are motivated for different different 100%. reasons, you know, and, and that's really cool. I mean, we see people that, um, you know, it, it's because of their kids and their schedule. We see people that um, they just want to make more money to, um, you know, their parents are you know, elderly and take care of them or whatever it is, which that's always a common thing. And, and to talk about sales and, and not to go too much of an, in, a, in a rabbit hole, but, you know, when selling and even bringing members onto our program, you know, it's never, I just want to make more money. Mm-hmm. That's not it. There's so much more of a story behind it. Yeah. It's like really, I don't, I don't know much of anybody that just wants to see a number kind of pile up in their bank account. I mean, maybe, for a security, got to be that guy. <laughs> for a security purpose, right. but then that's a, that's the reason is the security. It's like okay, you want a nest egg, you want a safety net, and like that's the real reason is security. So yeah, there's a variety of different reasons, um, which you know. But like I said, we see a few common ones. But um, yeah, it's pretty cool to see all the different perspectives and backgrounds and stories of the people that come into our program and, and their motives. And and that's one of the things that we try and nail down first is one of the questions on their onboarding form is. Hey, you know, what can happen over the next six months where at the end of the six months, like you will say this was a massive success. And that's really good for our member success and fulfillment because it's like some people just want to do, they want to do less deals, you know, and they want to do bigger commissions, but you know, they're doing seven, eight, 10 deals right now and they don't have a much of a life to live versus, Hey, you could do two or three deals in commercial real estate and make the same amount of money. So People have all different, you know, goals, and, and that's one thing, like I said, we, we try and nail down and, and fulfill on those for member success. How does your system continue to follow them through their goal setting and accomplishment? Because six months from now, we're going to call it a success. There's another six months, and there's another six months. Yeah. How do you guys keep that personal touch and continue to follow them through? Yeah. Develops? Yeah. So there's good question. There's a um, there's a few different parts of the system and what we do and uh, what a lot of a lot of you know coaches and trainers and things that have been provided out there. It's been um, you know people have done seminars and you know because these things have been going on forever. Seminars, training and coaching, and what a lot of people have done recently has been like course based platforms of like hey you you, you buy a course materials and, and then you go through that. And we really wanted to take it one step farther because you know we of course have the training and that's the the knowledge, the foundation of the business, everything about the business, how to do deals, you know, set them on the on the plan for success. But everybody's market is different. Everybody's skill set is a little bit different. So we have to have that more personal approach, you know, towards the end of their like educational foundation that we help them set to then point them in the right direction to to do sales and then also not only point them but then follow them along every step of the way. And for that we have like a we have a community that we actually just like relaunched yesterday. Uh, it's through a new platform that's just going to help us serve our members a lot better. But uh, we're in a we're in a group community where we have weekly calls, so weekly group calls, and we're doing uh, maybe it's just you know sales clinics like support, uh, just group support or business de- business development training, you know cold call role playing thing like things like that. So uh, the community is where a lot of the support and the action happens, where we can follow them along every step of the way as they you know fill their pipeline with deals, they jump over hurdles. Every situation, every market's different, but they can get that support so they can continue to go and grow their business. Do you think that's your main major uh, different differentiator between other sales training? Uh, I would say there's a few. I would say to a lot of them, yes. Um, you know, I, I do think that commercial real estate is a complex game, and mm-hmm. that's why it can be a, a more lucrative opportunity than you know some of the other parts of the business. And so I think that it's, you know, since it's more complex, there's more 
scenarios and and things that need to be run through on a case-by-case basis and it's not exactly a one-size-fits-all so yes i think there's that but i think there's a few other things as well and not to you know uh, not not to knock on anybody else but a lot of the a lot of the industry um, it's people that have been coaches and trainers for the past 10 15 20 sometimes 30 years and don't get me wrong these guys are great and incredible and they got a ton of wisdom and a ton of experience but I don't know of any other coach trainer that has recently built success in the marketplace. Yeah, they've stepped away from the business for a season or it, a very long time. If you're if you're coaching for you know 20 years, 15, 20 years, and you're not actively doing deals or you haven't recently built a commercial real estate business, I think it's kind of harder to help somebody else go build a commercial real estate business, usually from nothing, in the current marketplace today. So I would say that's a big competitive advantage that we have. That we're active, we recently built a pretty uh, pretty solid business, and uh, that we're still in the business and doing deals today. Awesome. Well, let's go ahead and take our next break, and we'll be right back. And we're back with Risk and Reward and Augie Schmidt from CRE Academy. So, walk me through if I'm if I'm interested in using CRE services. What what does the life of a student look like? Yeah. So our program in total runs about six months, like the initial phase of our program. But we really try and get through the the foundational training and, and education portion of it within the first two weeks or so. Um, two to three weeks is like, hey, you should have a, a very strong knowledge in commercial real estate. And then after that, we then start to build on some of the tools. Uh, really, right after that, we then walk them through building a property database. And that's your potential leads, if you will. So if you want to go sell warehouse properties and uh, in Miami, Florida, then you have to know what, where are the warehouse properties? You know, what's the address? What's the square footage? Who owns them? Um, what's the contact information for the people that own them? So we help them build out a property database. It's about three to 500 properties, um, but property specific. And that's, that's something that's, you know, pretty important is uh, property specific and, and help them build that out. And then after that, it's like, okay, now here's how we do business development. So we have our kind of own secret sauce, if you will, of uh, which is not, incredibly secret, you know, the, 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 uh, putting in the work and putting in the reps and consistency uh, is, is the secret, which, which often a lot of people um, lack. And I think that's where uh, the accountability and the support really helps out for, for our members. Um, but we, you know, get them hooked up with a business development strategy, help them plug that into their business. And then after that, they are actively, you know, we're probably four weeks in by now, probably 30 days in. And then after that, that is when then they're applying it to their local market. They're out, you know, making calls, uh, drumming up leads, talking to property owners, talking to business owners for lease deals, sale deals, um, buyer rep deals, et cetera. And they're doing that. And then we're supporting them every step of the way. So as they get leads, as they try and build momentum, we're saying, Hey, you can do this a little bit differently or try, you know, in this market or in this niche or use this approach, you know, if you're cold calling or on the phones, whatever it is. And then, you know, as they get leads or put together deals, we kind of have that support, um, you know, for them to make sure those deals go smoothly. And then ultimately, you know, business gets business and that's very big in commercial real estate. So, you know, once you get a lead or two, it's like, Hey, here's how you build on from that. And then we do that for an entire six months. And then we kind of reevaluate at the next, you know, at the end of the six months and say, Hey, here's the next uh, best path. So what do you think is probably the harder thing to train? Do you think it's the grind or is it the aversion to fear or being rejected? Yeah, that's a that's a good question, and it's it's incredibly difficult. You know, 
I, w- I would say a, a lot of those things and all those habits to break. And for me, getting into the business, this is one thing that I kind of took for granted. And, you know, I, uh, as I get older and I do this longer, I have uh, just uh, a little bit more wisdom every day, hopefully. Hopefully. And, uh, yeah, that's the goal. And really one of the things was when I got into the business and I kind of hit the ground running, I just had a had a, a work ethic and a sense of discipline and just that strive for personal excellence was, I don't say off the charts, but it, it was very strong, okay, because I come from playing college football and was, was very fortunate to, to play at Southeastern and um, for five years and, and helped lead the team. We did three conference championships and we had a pretty good program there. And it was it was starting the program too, which was a lot of fun. But in doing that and, and coming straight from college football to go into commercial real estate, there's a work ethic and there's a grind to playing college football that is just, in my eyes, it's, it's, it's I'll say unmatched because there's a lot of other hard things to do out there in the world. Um, I mean, you talk about military guys and stuff mm-hmm. like that. That work ethic is, is crazy. But it was a really very strong work ethic, the accountability, the discipline you have to have to, to play a sport for a number of years at, at that high of a level. And, and really just day in and day out. So, uh, and, and that's one of the reasons, you know, we see each other in the gym so early in the morning is I go in there early in the morning and I do whatever I want to do. You know, mm-hmm. I'm kind of freestyle and work out. And my thought process there, people ask me, like, how do you wake up at four and go to the gym? And I was like, I used to wake up at four and put on pads and get smashed and screamed at and like, you know, <laughs> this is and, easy. and ran until I'm throwing up, you know? So I'm like, this is great. I'm in an air conditioned gym and I do whatever I want. And I think very similar um, in, you know, the, tenacity that I took into sales and commercial real estate was I was I developed this playing college football and like I said when I got into the business world I I, I didn't necessarily take it for granted I don't think I was thinking about it too much but then when I started to coach and train and bring up other people I realized that same work ethic and attention to detail and and that really uh, that desire for personal excellence was just um, not everybody had the same experiences as me Mm -hmm. and and those specific character traits just um, you know, not everybody had them. And that was something that was like, man, I got to, you know, figure this out some, and I have to, I have to pour more gas on this part. And that's more like, I would say personal development than professional development. So I would say that was probably how has probably been the hardest for me to figure out. And, um, and we've spent more time and more energy there, but I think it's just an area that, you know, not everybody is fortunate enough to have that opportunity to go play college football and adopt that level of discipline that, you know, going into the business world, it's like, Hey, to, to coach other people up and, and train them in a way that's like, it takes a lot of hard work and it takes a, a long time and it takes some, some really, some pretty strong grit to, uh, to, you know, be successful, I think in anything. Uh, but you know, especially in commercial real estate, you really have to have a, a mindset going in and, uh, and play the long game doing it. Yeah. I think drive is not a transitive property. Yeah. Right. And I think it's because you're dealing with the human heart. It's so difficult, man. Um, and you know, I've, I've seen people that, that have, played, you know, a high level of sports, they've been in the military, they've had really hard backgrounds, and it still doesn't translate into getting over the fear of sales at times. Yeah. And and just, you know, does your drive overcome that? It's, so what you're saying is resonating with me. I completely understand that. But it is, the business of sales training, I would imagine, is just as much as heart cultivation as it is giving the tools for success. Right. Yeah, because I mean, we know all of the all of the inputs for success in commercial real estate as they lie without the person. Yeah. You know, we know mm-hmm. the education that it takes, we know the training, we know the tools, 
we know the reps, you know, we know exactly what it takes to be successful in commercial real estate. And, and I've done it personally. I've brought up others to do it uh, on my team here locally in my office. And now through our program, like we've seen a number of people do it. Um, so we know the inputs work, but what you put them into and, and, you know, whoever is uh, holding these inputs and acting on them and, and executing day in and day out for, you know, not, two weeks, three weeks, not, you know, even two or three months usually. It's like, hey, you, uh, to really build anything significant, it takes time. So to do these things day in and day out, and, uh, and even to go, you know, sometimes if you go two months, three months without seeing any, like, really uh, activity that is promising, you know, to continue to show up the next day and, and be there early in the office and put in the same amount of reps to do that day over day over, uh, you know, it, it's something that's a, a trait that's, it's hard to teach, but it's something we're, you know, rel relentlessly focused on because we know that's really what helps produce success. And, um, you know, really it's, it's mandatory. Do you think your system does a, does a side job of helping people realize whether they should stay in or get out? I mean, cause I, I had a former boss that would say, work them up or work them out. Yeah. And so, I mean, come to the realization that, that maybe, maybe you don't have the drive or maybe this is not cut out for you. Um, rather than floundering around. I mean, that's always a difficult call to make for someone that is encouraging someone in sales because you always think, man, it's just that one next one. You just got to get one more. Yeah. But sometimes it becomes very apparent, like uh, maybe this is not not the thing for you. Yeah, and that's a that's a that's a good question. We haven't, you know, we haven't had like any um, any really hard conversations or even much of like realizations with that. At least the conversations that I've had with our members, mm -hmm. um, you know, our members, a lot of them are doing very well. But yeah, we always have, you know, some members that like just like anything, like hey, they sign up and you and you know they they kind of disappear. You don't talk to them, and and that's always unfortunate. And I'm glad to say that we don't have a lot of those, but. There is always like, hey, as you grow in sales and, and real estate is one of those things where, you know, if you're an independent contractor, it's it's not like you're trying to, you know, increase to the next level in your career and in information technology through mm -hmm. a, a corporate structure. It's like through something like that, you have to show up every single day 100%. through commercial real estate. It's like, OK, I like I'll work on it like, you know, 10 hours this week. And then, you know, maybe they're real excited about it and they're like, hey, I'm going to work on it. You know, 40, 50 hours. I'm going all in. And then that's more of what we've seen, I would say, is like, hey, you know, 30 days in, 60 days in, it's like, man, where's where's that guy been? You know, yeah. like I haven't heard from him in a while. What's going on? And so we'll reach out and, you know, check in um, and, oh, hey, you know, my residential side of the business picked up or I started doing another business venture or something else. So uh, we'll see more of that. And I think that's just kind of the, the character traits of the business of like, hey, you can work five hours in commercial real estate. Like if you're you know extremely established and you're, you know, you got to couple do a couple deals a year you can work you know five six seven hours in the business or you can work 50 or 60 hours and, and really go after it so i would say because of the nature of the business in, in that aspect yeah we've seen some people like hey taper off over time and, and choose different routes mm. yeah. all right well let's take our last break and we'll be right back and we're back with risk and reward and augie schmidt thank you so much for being here i really yeah. appreciate it yeah this is fun yeah um so one one quick question you're still in the business. You're still building your your side of the business. You're training your competition. You know that, right? Yeah. yeah. No, no. <laughs> I, I've, been, I've been told that before. So, I mean, you clearly don't see it as a zero-sum game, mm -hmm. right? Like there's, you know, obviously you're you're going to make money with CRE, but you're also helping people and create creating your own personal competition in that. So, I mean, what what's the drive for you to do, to, to do that? Yeah. So I would say similar to, you know, what I talked about earlier of the impact that I know commercial real estate can make in somebody's life. It's 
you know, that feeling and that that success of helping somebody else make six figures or multiple six figures or even on to seven, like for the first time ever is, is I would think to me, it's much more rewarding than making another hundred thousand dollars or whatever mm-hmm. you would say, uh, as far as building my business, you know, because that's, that's one of the things that I, during, I would say after COVID or so I was walking the, walking the lake with my wife, Brittany, and, and we were walking. And then, you know, as I was starting to have really good success in commercial real estate, I, I really was like, Hey, there's, there's more eyeballs on me. People, people start asking like, Hey, what are you doing? You know, how are you doing it? How'd you have the success? And really the, you know, the impact that I was kind of starting to have just like, you know, day by day in the conversation of the people that I was, I was talking to and that were just curious about my business. You know, I really said for me, it was, it was more of a, you know, what is my calling and what is my purpose here? Mm -hmm. And I was incredibly fortunate to go from a situation that wasn't that great to what I thought was really great um, and still is. But then, you know, I said, I've been blessed with this in a major way. And what am I going to do with this success? Am I just going to, you know, stack up my personal bank account and, you know, go buy a bunch of commercial real estate and continue, you know, just go sit on a beach somewhere and, uh, and just, you know, be rich and hang out and, and quiet about it? Or um, am I going to give glory to the God that's given me these things? Am I going to use it and steward this resource and this dream that I have with Siri Academy to go help other people and impact, you know, the people around me and the people that take part in our program and, 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 and really help them change their lives? Because when you can help somebody, you know, produce more and get out of situations, whether it's, you know, producing more money or it's, you know, time for their family or whatever it is, you can't put a dollar figure on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if it's helping somebody produce $50,000 more a year, you might say, oh, well, that's $50,000 a year. It's like, no, now they can send their kid to the school that they want them to go to. Yeah. Now they can take their wife on that vacation. Now they can help them buy a, a nicer car so their kids are safe when they're driving to and from school, whatever it is. So the value of that, uh, to answer your question, was just far greater than the the value that was going to be equated to my bottom line as far as it goes for my personal commercial real estate business. Cool. So where do you see commercial real estate going in Florida? I mean, we've had a bunch of drivers, you know, we've had we've got the Space Coast, we've got, you know, what's going on over in Tampa right now with Vinick and the Lightning and all of that area just blown up. You have things going on here locally in Lakeland, Orlando's still growing. Uh, COVID was a massive driver of bringing people to the state. Mm-hmm. Um, what what are, do we continue in this way? Do you think are there additional drivers that we're not even thinking about? Where, where do you see it going? Yeah, so uh, no crystal ball, but I'll do my best. Yeah, we don't do guarantees on this podcast. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's no, that's that's I appreciate that disclaimer. So I mean. In commercial real estate, and and some people ask me sometimes, like, hey, I heard commercial real estate is, like, struggling. What's going on in commercial real estate? And you'll see some headlines. You know, mm-hmm. you'll see some headlines that say some scary stuff. And usually my response is, if you're an office building in a tertiary market or in the state of California, then, yeah, you're in trouble. And, you know, but office buildings and tertiary markets and, you know, these big call centers and, and things that we've had uh, previously prior to COVID and even prior to the whole um, – you know, because that was work from home, and then a lot. Of, I think a lot of the more call center things, you know, or, or type centers were focused here in the United States. A lot of those were outsourced to different countries. Mm-hmm. So that's when it all started with office buildings, and then you know the work from home initiative from with with COVID. 
that was, you know, really more fuel on the fire, which really put them in a tough position. But if you think about it, um, you know, the, the four main asset classes for commercial real estate are retail, office, multifamily, and industrial. So if you take out office, you still have retail and, and shopping centers and malls and, you know, single tenant, like fast food restaurants and things like that. Um, then you have multifamily and that's everything from luxury apartment complexes to workforce housing to, you know, uh, middle-class uh, type housing. And, and then also you have industrial, you know, and that's all everything you see from these massive distribution centers uh, that Amazon and all these other folks are, you know, trying to get closer to these sub markets for that one and two day uh, delivery that my my wife loves and that's what we see and, and then also in industrial i mean you have everything in between so like the landscaping guys the the roofing contractors um, guys that are you know manufacturing uses all of these things are in industrial real estate and housed in, in, in warehouses so you have all these other sectors to commercial real estate uh, that still seem to be going very strong and you know as everybody faces um faces a sort of uphill battle as interest rates are, have risen and we're going into an election year, all this uncertainty in the economy. And I would say all in all, it's, uh, it's I sum it up sometimes and say, uh, it's really good to be in Florida and, yeah. and specifically central Florida. So, um, I mean, Miami, South Florida might be hotter uh, in more ways than one, but uh, central Florida is, is, you know, it's a great community. It's a great town. It's a great place. Um, and, and business has done really well. So the I-4 corridor, incredibly strong. I always say that Lakeland, like we are, uh, I think people underestimate the value of I-4 and also Publix. Mm -hmm. I say that Lakeland without I-4 and Publix is like Fort Meade. So, uh, and not to, not, to, not to knock Fort Meade, but, um, but I mean, really like we, it's just a completely different place. we yeah. don't have much, uh, too, too much going for us without those two big drivers here in central Florida. So, um, all in all, man, I see, I see commercial real estate, uh, remaining strong. And then I think, you know, the, uh, people have gotten back to the the basics and they've they've had to sharpen their pencils which i think is good because you know we did go through a period there for a while um you know after the whole stimulus deal of mm -hmm. like there's you know 10 offers on every property they're all cash i mean we we're taking out deals i mean one three five ten twelve fifteen million and like just everybody's all cash and like you know close quick and i'm just like this is a ton of money. Like, where, yeah. where is this coming from, you know? <laughs> and I was just shocked, you know, every time. But now we're at a, it seems we're at a healthy, healthier speed. So we're at a healthier speed and things have changed a little bit. So I would say, you know, people have, have sharpened their pencils and they're getting back to work. They're, you know, the underwriting has more uh, integrity to it. You know, people are mm -hmm. really putting, uh, you know, pen to paper and, and, you know, digging into numbers where sometimes, you know, back, couple years ago, it was sight unseen, making crazy offers over asking price and things like that. Um, I, I want to say that uh, on the mortgage side of the business, all seems to be healthy there. And I never saw anything like really crazy during that time. Like I said, a lot of people were paying all cash for deals. Mm -hmm. and, and don't get me wrong. I know there's, um, you know, there's, there's a ton of commercial real estate debt out there. But from what I saw in my experience of how deals have been getting done for the past two, three, four, five years, um, things just seem to be in a healthy place, especially here in Central Florida and Florida as a whole. That's awesome. Well, again, I appreciate you being here on the show. Um, just we end the podcast with with the same two questions. So first off, what are you reading or what are you listening to right now? Yeah. So what I've been listening to, it's uh, I've been I've been listening to Every Good Endeavor. Yeah. By by, by Tim Keller. Tim Keller's have great you, book. Have you read it? Yes. Yeah. Phenomenal book. So yeah, I'm about halfway through it, and it's a really different perspective on uh, business and and I was say. Foremost, it's 
or first I'd say it's the gospel in business. And mm-hmm. as a believer, it's like, how do you approach your work? And I think, you know, this relates in to many different people and or probably all people, I would say in many different ways, because like for me as a business owner and, and investing in commercial real estate and starting other ventures and, and, you know, doing all these things, it's like, Hey, all of these are endeavors. Mm-hmm. So like, how are these good? What makes them a good endeavor? And it's not, it's not necessarily like what a business book or a master's degree or mm-hmm. uh, the Forbes list will tell you makes it a good endeavor. But from a from a, a gospel worldview, what makes it a good endeavor? And you know, where's your where's your heart? Where's your mind? Um, managing people, things like that. I mean, it's been it's been an incredible book. So it's I fun think um, you know, if you believe uh, C.S. Lewis's comment that we are not a body with a soul, we're a soul with a body. Yeah. Right. This is that book is such a phenomenal book that it is reaching to greater things. It's like almost the Simon Simon Sinek's book on, you know, what's your why? Yeah. You know, that that it's that on gas. Yeah. So last question is, what are you most encouraged about right now, either in your life or in your business or the world around you? Yeah. No, that's a that's a a good question. And uh, how do how deep do we want to go? But uh. (laughs) we got about. 15 to 20 seconds. <laughs> yeah, there we go. So I would say what I'm most encouraged by, I would say personally and what we're doing at our church. So I go to the King's Church here on South Ford Avenue in Lakeland, and we're very involved with uh, foster care and orphan care. And mm. this is something that God has been pulling me more towards uh, year after year, and specifically foster teen boys. And uh, these are these are great young men, and I've uh, we've been doing camps and doing some other things with them. And uh, that ministry in our church has been an incredible encouragement to me in my life, uh, and really just uh, man, great purpose in that that's ministry. Awesome. So that's something that uh, I'm personally encouraged by. That's awesome. Get after it. Yeah. So how can people get a hold of CRE or you? Yeah. No, absolutely. And uh, we're on all the socials. All the Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube. We're starting to make more of a YouTube run. It's a little bit harder to do and time-consuming, but uh, a lot of it's uh, under my name, Augie Schmidt, or it's under CRE Academy. So uh, search in any of those things uh, on any platform or through Google, you should be able to find us. I think our marketing team's doing a pretty good job. So there you go. Uh, yeah, we'll find out on any of those platforms. Yeah, we'll see. Well, thank you again. I have so many more questions, and I but I really appreciate your time. Again, this is Holland Henderson with uh, Allen and Company. Please go to our website at alleninvestments.com. A lot of great material on their blogs, podcasts. Go learn something. Uh, until next time, have a great day. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult with an appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. Guests appearing on the show and their respective companies are not affiliated with LPL Financial and Allen & Company. Investment advisory services offered through Allen & Company of Florida, LLC, Allen & Co., and its affiliate LPL Financial, LLC, LPL, registered investment advisors. Securities offered through LPL member FINRA SIPC.